Welcome to another episode of Love Revival. We're in the New Wine Conference. The New Wine Conference has been going on for a couple of days. We're in Venesborg in, uh, in the middle of Sweden. And uh, we're on the main stage. And the presence of God is invading this conference. The worship and the passion is going up. And people are, are expressing how much they love God and the Word of God is being preached and people are being equipped to do the work of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And on this main, on this main stage this morning or afternoon, I'm not sure where we are right now, <laughs> uh, we have Paul Harcourt with us again. Thank God you. bless you, sir. Thank you for being with us. For, the, for them that didn't see the first episode we did, who is Paul Harcourt? Okay, well, um, I'm a church leader from England. I'm married to Becky, who comes from America. We've got two children um, who are pretty much grown up now, but both of them have special needs, so they're still living at home and quite dependent on us. Um, I lead a church in northeast London, which has become a network of six churches in the last few years. And for the last three years, I've um, split my time between overseeing those churches and also being the national leader of something called New Wine England, which is part of this family of, we're here at the New Wine Sweden Conference, one of 14 different nations around the world that have new wine movements in their country. Yes, good to have you with us. Thank yeah. you for taking you. the it's time. It's great to be here again. Yes, and we are, uh, we are elaborating a little bit about your, some of your life messages, I assume. Yep. And uh, today we're gonna to talk about the latest book the theme of the latest book, which is Walking on Water. Yeah, well, I wrote a book a, a few years ago called um, Growing in Circles, uh, yeah. which we did a program about. Exactly. Um, and we, we really wrote that book because we, we saw that there is a, a supernatural, spirit-filled life that Jesus is calling all the disciples into. Um, he trained disciples to do the things that he was doing. And, so being a Christian is, is not about going to heaven when you die, but it's about extending the kingdom of earth, uh, the kingdom of God on earth, yeah. and, and then being with the Lord forever as well. Um, and in that book, we wrote about some of the things that the Father's been revealing about his love and about enjoying intimacy with him and all that flows out from that, um, and how we can grow in that. And that, that was, those were powerful life messages, but um, having written that book, my wife and I, we realized that both of us had had to overcome things to step into those truths. It wasn't just that we needed those revelations, uh, it was that we'd often had to overcome something from our background or our, our makeup that meant those truths were harder for me to receive than they would be for somebody else. Okay. Or some things came easily, some things came more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we'd started teaching about the head and the heart. and um, It all came together when I was speaking at a conference for New Wine Holland. And uh, I just said, you know, I think this is like the call when Jesus calls Peter out of the boat to join him walking on the water. So that became the genesis of this book. Mm. So with other, with other words, it's the leap of faith or stepping into the supernatural realm by not leaning on your own understanding, but very much yeah. believing with your heart. Yes. And what and, he tells um, you to do. So the, so the book really starts with looking at that famous passage where Jesus walks on the water. And um, for many people, the first thing they need to overcome is, is the fear and the confusion that comes around when we see God start to move in new ways. 
because the disciples are out, are in the middle of the night, in a storm, um, they're afraid, and then they see Jesus doing something they've never seen him do before. And the first thing it says is, is that they were terrified. They cried out in fear. And so a lot of people, when they're, um, they begin to see the Spirit of God moving in their church or in a conference or in their own life, they can often be afraid. And I've even heard people say, this can't be God because if, if this was God, I wouldn't be afraid. Mm. You know, I've, I've known God all of my life. He's never done this before. And yet we see it in Scripture all the time that when, when God shows up in a more powerful way, people are afraid. So the, the first thing that the angels normally say is, don't be afraid. Because when we're in the presence of something that's bigger, when the supernatural becomes more obvious to us, we, we are naturally afraid. So Jesus first, he meets them in that fear. And um, he says, it's, it's me, don't, don't be afraid. It is me. And so there'll always be this reassurance in the middle of our new experiences. But what really excites me about the story is that um, Peter then has the boldness of faith to say, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, you know, Peter is one like us. You know, he, he's an ordinary person like us. He's often more known for his faults and failings than he is for his strengths. Sure. <laughs> and we always tell the stories of where Peter gets it wrong. And yet, he's, he's just got this boldness to come. And, and when he asks the Lord, can I come and join you doing something impossible. Can I step out of the boat, walk on water? It's like, can I step into the supernatural? Can I step into miracles? And there are lots of things Jesus could say. You'd think Jesus might say, now come on, I'm, I'm perfect, you're, you're fallible. You know, I'm holy, you're sinful. Um, you know, I'm the unique son of God. You know, you're coming into a relationship with God, but it's like you're not quite the same. But no, Jesus says really simply, he just says, come. And it felt to me like um, there is this increasing desire on the hearts of many people in the church to, to experience more, to step into more with God. You remember the Hillsong song, Oceans? Sure. Yeah, I mean, loads, loads of people love to sing that. And I think they love to sing it because it expresses this desire, I want to walk on the water. I want to step out of the boat, which represents my ordinary, safe life. Exactly. I want to step into the supernatural. and. To that, Jesus is simply saying, come, if you want it, you can step into it. Yeah. So we just started thinking about, for ourselves, what had we had to overcome to step into the supernatural. And um, basically, we came out with two strong themes. So a lot of my testimony was around the head. Mm -hmm. I, I had a background as a, a university student. I was a mathematician. So I'm the sort of person that's logical, rational, I'm a thinker. My wife has a very powerful testimony of emotional healing. So for her, it was heart issues, you know, that, that um, because of some of the damage that life had dealt to her, she'd had to overcome that and believe that it was safe to, to follow God and to step out and do that. So we wrote really about those two themes, head and heart, and divided the book up. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reality is all of us are probably a little bit of both. Sure. You know, none of us is purely one or the other, but lots of people relate to my chapters more than Becky's and yeah, yeah, yeah. others relate to her chapters more than mine. Can you take us through some of the initial uh, experiences of God challenging you? Because I guess yeah. that was hap that's happening in the, in the Bible text you just referred to that Jesus said, come to me on the water. It was a challenge. Yeah. And how did God challenge you? 
Well, I, I, was, um, I was first filled with the Holy Spirit without anybody ever praying for me. Uh, in fact, in those days, I didn't know anybody that was charismatic or Pentecostal, but I'd, uh, I, I was reading the Bible, I was involved in mission, and I was hungry for more. I, I wanted to see more in my own life, I wanted to see more in the life of other people as I ministered to them. And um, what happened was, as I was laying myself down to sleep, actually, I, I'd be praying, and four or five nights in a row over the course of a week, I was just filled with peace and joy. Um, I didn't really even know what it was, but I came to understand later that the Spirit of God was, was filling me in a fresh way. And uh, I started to see the things in the Scripture that were beyond my experience, uh, and to long for, for those sorts of things. And um, back in those days, I used to do scripture memorization. Um, a lot of us used to use the Navigator's Bible memory system, and it had a little card with a verse on. And almost the first Bible verse that I memorized was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And if yeah. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will guide and direct your paths. And so that was a real um, wake-up for me, because... For my whole life, I would lean on my understanding. Mm. That was the way I thought about everything. I, I would always try and understand things. I would get my head around things. I, I would be cautious about things if I didn't really understand them. And although that, that's good, God is beyond understanding. And the, the walk of faith is a walk where we trust God with our hearts and we step out beyond what we understand into um, things that we don't. So for me, actually, the, the, the way that I was really released to start making breakthroughs in that area was, was um, learning to speak in tongues and believe that actually okay. was a gift that God yeah. was using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your mind is telling you initially that Absolutely. don't understand the words coming out of your heart. So in 1 Corinthians mouth. 14, yeah. it says that, you know, if I speak in a tongue, my mind is unfruitful. Exactly. So for, for me, a mind-orientated person, and That's think, really powerful. And I think many have that experience, and that is uh, this good you're pointing that out, that mm. praying in tongues breaks also down. It builds you up, it builds up the inner man, yeah. but also breaks down the in intellect that so wants to rule and reign or yes. be in control. Yeah. And there is some things, many people usually say that, you know, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, is the way in of experiencing all other things. I think it, it often can be. I mean, can, tongues, is, tongues for lots of people is, is something they have a hang-up over. Sure. Um, and I would probably have been one of those people. Um, for some people, receiving the gift of tongues is an overwhelming, ecstatic experience, very emotional. Um, this language rises up within them, and they find themselves speaking. It wasn't like that for me. So what happened to me was I, I had been filled with the Spirit. I'd been starting to experience more of, of God. But I, I went to theological college and I met somebody from the New Wine Movement uh, who's really the first charismatic I met. And he asked me, do you speak in tongues? So uh, I said to him, well, when I had this experience of being filled with the Spirit, I tried, but I, I, I was very conscious that it was me making sounds. Uh, and he said, well, it says in Acts, don't you remember, uh, in Acts it says, they spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And he said, it's like everything. Healing is a partnership between our prayers and God's power. Evangelism is a partnership between our words and, and God's power. Mm. Tongues is the same. It's, it's our sounds. 
but it's also God's power. And I, I wasn't completely convinced, but he said, um, come with me the next night. We're going to go to college. I'm going to speak about the Holy Spirit, and then we'll pray for people. And so in that meeting, um, I went over and I started praying for somebody, and he'd said to me, if you run out of prayers, use that gift of tongues that you don't really believe in. Uh, and I, it's a strange thing to say, isn't it? But I think what he was saying was, just trust that the little thing you have, even though it's small, that God will take that and use that. And so I, in the meeting, I found myself praying for somebody, and she was clearly beginning to be touched by the Holy Spirit. And I, I didn't know what I was doing at all in those days, so I ran out of prayers very quickly and suddenly realized, oh no, I'm going to have to use this gift of tongues. I'm not really sure about it. I'm still very conscious of me making sound. And I'm trying to, to stop thinking and just allow it to flow. And so I, just very quietly, I tried to use that gift. And the moment I started using the gift of tongues, she couldn't hear me because it's quite a noisy room, but the moment I started using that gift of tongues, she, she fell to the floor and she had a very powerful encounter with God that turned out to be very healing for her. But it was also very healing for me as well because I realized that God would use something that I don't understand, that I was stepping out in faith on something I wasn't really even sure about. I was prepared to look a little bit foolish if it was just me, but I trusted it was God. And God said, I'm going to meet you in this and I'm going to use you in a way that is going to confirm that this actually is me and this is something that's useful and fruitful. Yeah. So that for me, that got me launched. And uh, I think it was helpful for me not just to be confident in the gift of tongues, which I you know, use probably every day now, but also to be trusting more God for the miraculous and for things that are beyond my understanding. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hearing that you know, initially it was stepping out in, the, in what we call the charismatic life or, or yeah. you know, being filled with the Spirit and, and manifesting the gift of the Spirit. But the, the life of faith is so much bigger, of yeah. course. It it's, can be applied to every, every part of life. Is there any other place, you know, usually when I, I meet a lot of people and I talk with a lot of people and in, like, in talks like this, and I have noticed that a lot of people have disabilities. A lot of yeah. people ha was, live, was weak in themselves, but then God came and spoke to them about doing something that they could not do in the natural. Yeah. And it was all because it's God's challenging people to take that walk of faith and leaning on the Spirit of God to calm their weakness yeah. and strengthen their weakness and do the impossible mm. so that He gets all the glory. Yeah. And we got none glory. Yeah. <laughs> he was testifying. In my own life, that yeah. would probably be really getting over fears. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I was uh, somebody that was raised in a family where there was a lot of fear around and that fear would be paralyzing. Yeah. But it's, you know, we know from uh, 1 John 4 that it's perfect love casts out fear. And yeah. it's, it's when we know we're loved by God and we become more secure in that, that we're able to break through those fears. Yeah. I, I was fortunate because I had quite a, quite a easy upbringing. I didn't really have any major tragedies. But my, my wife's part of the book, you know, which deals with the wounded heart. Mm. It's really powerful because she, she comes from a family that had experienced deep tragedy. So she was raised in an American church, Southern Baptist, very strong on the Bible. But in her family, her parents had um, 
had a, uh, they had the first daughter, and then they had a boy, and, and this boy had an epileptic fit in the night, and he, he smothered himself in his blankets, and so sadly he died. And then my wife was born, and then they had a fourth child, but she got bacterial meningitis and was brain damaged, and then after a few years she died, and then they had a fifth child, uh, a girl. And um, this girl, as she grew up, she was also epileptic. Um, but it was, ma it was manageable by drugs. And so when she was growing up, um, she got to the stage where my wife was then 13 years old and her younger sister was seven. And um, they would quite regularly leave, leave my wife, Becky, uh, babysitting her younger sister. But one night when my wife was, was doing that, she was playing the piano and heard her sister say, I want to get out of the bath, Can, come and help me get out of the bath. And um, sadly, by the time she went to get her, her sister had had an epileptic fit mm. and she, she found her floating on the top of the bath and oh. she died a few days later. So for a 13-year-old to experience that level of tragedy in a family that had already experienced loads of tragedy, yeah. now you can imagine that that did massive damage to her in her of heart, course. so strong in her faith. Yeah. But often what we do with the pains of life is, is we just put them down. Mm. You know, we push them down deep inside and we, we bottle mm. them up. And what God wants to do is he wants to release those things because when we're still carrying those tragedies yeah, yeah. and those brokenness, mm. it prevents us from really being free to step into the things he has for us. And so mm. when, um, when she and I met um, through a friend, she had a very significant experience of physical healing but it also started a process of emotional healing yeah. and all those things that she'd pushed down yeah. began to be released and it, it took a long time of walking with the Lord to be liberated from those sorts of things but now she's got a great testimony of how the Lord wow. wants to restore our hearts so that we're confident not fearful yeah. um, deliver us from deep guilt and shame that the enemy uses to imprison us um, break open you know, some of the, the paralyzing effects of disappointment and, and that sense of being let down and life isn't what I thought God was going to promise. Yeah. So that, that's a really important thing as well. The Spirit of God sets us free from those things as exactly. well. Exactly. That's so wonderful to hear, you know, that's my story too, you know, mm. the encountering the Father's love, all, all insecurity and all, you know, soulish wounds I, ha I was carrying that yeah. I didn't know of. Because I was, you know, I didn't yeah. have, I didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. But encountering the Father's love, and I love how you say it. It flushes out, or it, the yes. love casts out fear. Mm. Sometimes I think we put too much emphasis on, you know, that people need to get delivered of a lot of things, and we're thinking about it's, it's. Uh, it's demonic or it's evil spirits that we need mm. to deliver people. But I've, I've come to know that when people encounter the love of the Father, there's a lot of heart issues. Oh, there's absolutely. a lot of soulish issues that yeah. just are solved yeah. in His love. And I think often, you know, in, in charismatic conferences, when you hear people cry out, you know, most of the time it's not demonic. Most no, of the time it's, it's, pain. it's deep pain. And I, I think that often... Um, a, one of the signs of, of people who are coming into the presence of God is the cry. And we see that all the time when people coming to church, they're, they're 
they don't even know really that they're in, you know, they don't know what it is to have a relationship with God, but they know that when the worship starts, they start to cry. Um, and I think that what happens is the Spirit of God just begins to start that renewal process. Mm -hmm. and he's lifting stuff out that we've pushed down. Exactly. Because when we push it down, we're poisoning ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that the pain that we carry often fills a place that God wants to fill with love and joy and peace and confidence instead. And so I love the title of this program, you know, Love Revival, because yes. it is that we love revival, but actually it's a revival of love that we exactly. need. Um, because the world's crying out for an experience of God. You know, we, ever since we fell out of relationship with Him, our hearts have been longing to get back into relationship with Him. And um, people now are so broken. So we, we, often, we often look at our society and we say, people are carrying so much pain. You know, there is increased mental health issues. Uh, people are medicating their pain with drugs and alcohol and pleasure. And, uh, it's because they're hungry for the one thing that that they need and that exactly. one thing is gone. Yeah. And, and, I, and when I look at, you know, maybe I have the love, uh, you know, glasses on all the time, <laughs> but when I read the Bible, I cannot jump over all the incidences when, when Jesus didn't come with judgment. Yeah. He didn't come to point at the sin. He was feasting and eating with the prostitutes. He, he will not be welcome there if he came with a, you know, with a condemnation or telling people how wrong they were and how yeah. much they needed yeah. salvation but they were feeding on his love. And that love just opened heart, healed individuals emotionally and physically. And, and it mm. was like he was manifesting the love of the Father on the earth arena. Yeah, so now is a day of salvation. Now yeah. is the time of God's favor. You know, judgment begins in the house of God, but yeah. the message to the world is, is we're in a season of grace. Yeah. We're in a season of, of love. And uh, the, Lord is, the Lord is calling us back in. You know, he's the prodigal father to, to us as the prodigal sons. Yes. You know, you have, you have uh, mentioned a lot about physical healing, but also um, the binding up of the brokenhearted. Mm. And you know that's Luke chapter 14, verse 18 and so forth, that when Jesus is saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and, and he's talking yeah. about physical healing. He's talking about uh, being, people being liberated in, by the anointing of Jesus Christ, but also the binding up of the brokenhearted. Yeah. And that's the other part which we don't emphasize so much. It's a lot of, we talk a lot about the, the physical healings, people getting set free from different things, but there is, and you have testified about your wife's journey and your own mm. journey. Yeah. And I believe everybody needs a binding up because going through this world, yeah. there's so much happening towards us and to us, and you know, everything is not intentional, but it's, mm. we're getting hurt. Yeah. And I'm feeling, where, where I'm coming to right now, I'm feeling that beautiful anointing for the binding up of the brokenhearted. And I would love for you to pray for our viewers that what God did for you and what God did for your wife, that he will do for others. That yes. the testimony is an open door for people to step into the same experience as you have. Yeah, well, you know, we are in this process. We're not what we're going to be. Of course. You know, we still live with yeah. things, but in the middle of it, God in His love meets us. Exactly. And He is the God who binds up the brokenhearted, and He is the God who restores our souls. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it would be a pleasure to pray. Please do. Please do. So, I just encourage you 
uh, wherever you are today and whatever you're carrying, just to bring that into the presence of God. And I want to assure you that he knows you and he loves you. And you may look over your life and you may wonder if there are seasons where he was there, but he wants to reveal to you he has always been with you. And Father, I pray that your love would fall upon your sons and your daughters. I pray, Lord, that you would heal every hurt. I pray, Lord, that you would pull the sting of the enemy. I pray, Lord, that um, you would help us to be at peace with what we can't understand because we know that your love will carry us through those things. And I ask, Lord, that you would take us on a journey of restoration. It says in Psalm 84 that those who set their heart on pilgrimage, they pass through the valley of weeping. But as they go through, they turn it into a place of springs and pools. So I pray that God would comfort you so much in your life that your life would become a testimony to others, that you would be able to minister out of the love that God has ministered to you, that, that your tears and your pain would become a pool of life for others who are going through the same thing. And I just ask that the Spirit of God would be with you to restore your soul, even now and through this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 My God, I'm feeling it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, tangible touch right now. And I believe you you're that are watching and receiving this prayer and has listened to the testimonies and the stories today. Be aware of what God is, what God is starting to do with you right now and continue to receive the work of the Spirit, healing you both emotionally but also physically, restoring you unto his, until the image which He has planned for you. So with those words, we leave you and say, God bless you and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves you unconditionally. In Jesus' name.